You're listening to the Collab Talk podcast, episode eight of the MVP Buzz Chat series. In this episode, I'm talking with Office Apps and Services MVP Jared Matfis. <laughs> Hey, this is Christian Buckley with Collab Talk. Hi, my name is Jared Mathis, uh, and I'm a solution principal with Slalom Consulting. Great to have you, Jared. Uh, I know that we uh, we kind of s- struck up a conversation around uh, you know a couple things um, yesterday or, or over the weekend, and said you know we need to pulls together and and capture this uh, discussion on video. But I, I mean, the big question I like to ask is you know, what is, uh, where's your passion today? What are you talking about? What are you most interested in from what's happening within the Microsoft ecosystem or outside of the ecosystem, you know, but yeah, what, what are you currently presenting on and writing about talking about? Absolutely. So, yeah, so thank you. Um, right now, so I've got two kind of major uh, areas of passion. One is on, is chatbots. And so, you know, I, my, my kind of my current uh, topic of how do you build a chatbot? What is a chatbot? What are the, you know, what's the business value of it? You know, how would users interact with it? And I kind of go through the timeline of how the fact that you know, bots have been around for a long time now. In fact, you know, back in the early 90s, you know, the IRC days, that's when I was actually accessing chatbots to perhaps uh, you know, grab music files that you know, I've legally obtained, of course, right? Legal, you know, legal of course, obtained. but of course, yes. <laughs> you know, and then how, how that's evolved from just sort of those you know, sort of dumb scripts to actual, you know, virtual assistants, things like, you know, Siri and Cortana and Echo and all that. And then really, um, you know, for now, for businesses, you know, looking at chatbots as a way to, you know, either perform tasks or to go ahead and integrate into an enterprise's knowledge management system. So, you know, I walk folks through the different options. You know, the two primary players are the Microsoft Bot Framework and the AWS Lex Service. I talk about some of the pros and cons between the two. And then really, you know, during my session, I like to show you how can you build one of these, you know, without code, just through the UI, step by step, and then hook it up into the Q&A maker service, which is part of uh, Microsoft's cognitive services, so that you can ask it questions, and then it'll pull from an answer bank and provide that back to users. And then ultimately, you know, I kind of, you know, fall back on my, on my SharePoint roots is, you know, integrating that into a SharePoint modern communication site as a one-stop shop for questions about, you know, O365, you know, when to use what, what is Teams, how do I get access to it, What's our company's governance and all that? So, like a like a bot of, is, is, is it about like a kind of are you, are you talking about using it almost like a bot front end for search within SharePoint? Yeah, I mean that's actually a lot of people kind of make that correlation that it's you're right it's it's kind of a it's a smarter search you could you know leverage a answer bank that's within you know within cognitive services you know you could go ahead if you were to write some code you could have a check if there's an answer in the Q and A bank if there's not fall back to search parse those results and then actually display it back. Lot of, I mean, there's a lot of different options. My thought, you know, again, usually most of these topics are an hour, an hour and 15 minutes. I try to inspire folks to get excited about going kind of extending to that next step, exactly like you're talking about. Well, you know, and you kind of hinted at in your comments earlier is that um, I think a lot of people look at, um, you know, one, they're like, what is a chatbot? What does it do? Um, why should I care? Because I think there's a problem with a lot of the things that are out there. Like Microsoft Teams is a great example of it, that you, if you go in and look at the, the various bots that are out there, there's not a lot of, I would say, business value to the things that are out there. And to some degree, it's, it's because it's still relatively new and vendors and developers are testing out what's possible. 
the APIs are not yet robust enough to pull to do real transactional collaborative activities. Um, you can do some things, but it's they're still very limited in, in how those things work. And um, you know, I mean, certainly see the future where you have this bot that you can interact with, typing or as you say, you know, using even like Cortana to access, um, you know, the, the, the audibly, you know, the, make these you know, requests or, or commands to the system. And so we're getting towards that Star Trek communicator, you know, and with the translation services of, you know, you, you actually have, uh, you can almost do that. Um, but the, the question always comes back to like, how is this going to apply to my business today? How does it apply to the enterprise today? Right. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, I mean, that's a great question. It's funny, uh, you know, there haven't, there aren't too many really good flushed out, you know, business cases. The one that I have had is I've had this conversation at a couple of the local universities. You know, one of the challenges that I see in higher education is, you know, these, these universities have different departments and they all have different websites that they maintain. And students, the way that they are, you know, their younger generation are interacting with these universities, they're, they're used to being on their phones. Everything is on their phones. Every, you know, they don't really even care about websites. They just care about, care about information. And at two different universities, I've kind of given them the, the business case of, you know, rather than maintaining all these websites, so students want to know, like, when's the register open? You know, when's, when, you know, what's for lunch? When do classes start? When's, you know, homecoming? And rather than having websites for that, publish a chat bot through Facebook Messenger, and you kind of use that as your path to get those answers, those questions answered. I mean, that to me is a really good use case for universities, especially where, you know, again, it's, it's very distributed who owns what and for folks to find that an those answers. It's really difficult, right? As a former you know, student, right. I, I had to struggle to figure out those quick, you know, quick uh, you know, questions. And so and I think if you think about the users, students are definitely going to be uh, adopt a chatbot on Facebook Messenger. They're already on Facebook. Might as well just publish a path for them to go ahead and ask those questions, interact with the university that way. So. Well, I, but but I'd even you know, like a like closer to home is um, you have a, like a massive event coming up like Microsoft Ignite that that we're we're both attending and uh, building out the schedule there. Um, you know, for the for the system for the bot to understand, um, here's the schedule that I've built that I've pre-built into it. If I get to a session and find that it's a that's packed, um, and if I'm able to go in and very quickly pull in like. What are alternate sessions that are relevant to my, you know, my interests? And it know the machine learning understands, you know, Christian, this was the patterns here, the things that you've been interested, the other event, the, the things that you add to the schedule, but then remove because you were trying to make it to that one and then makes yeah. alternate suggestions based on that and comes back would be fantastic. And it could be like to be all futuristic, even uh, to say like, here you are in the, uh, uh, you know, the Orange County Convention Center in Florida, Orlando, Florida. Um, this one is the closest to you to physically walk to, you know, Hey, where's the closest bathroom? You know, I mean, they, just things like that, which sound silly, but I mean, that's the kind of stuff that you can yeah. very quickly, um, build in. And I always refer to it as it's, it's, it's a future of, of making uh, a more intelligent workplace, right. you know, building out, uh, um, so that I'm not having to go and, uh, uh, and tag all of my content. So, heavily that it can be found by every possible scenario that through the patterns of our personal networks, our professional networks of content we've been searching for of, of my peers that they've been searching for that in context to this topic that it then surfaces like this was the most read article from the community of people 
two, three, four layers deep in my network, this may be what you're actually looking for, but not asking for in a way that you'd find it just through the tags. Right. Yeah, I, mean, I think you're almost describing like, you know, creating a graph database right. or a graph you know, right. ecosystem around Ignite, which is, yeah, I'm all for that as well. I'm using the bot as sort of that communication channel to interact with that database. It's definitely, for sure, hopefully maybe next year, right? Maybe we'll go ahead and give the suggestion for next year and see what they do and see what Microsoft does with that. Well, I think, you know, so much of, and I understand that creating bots and act, you know, an activity within a system is completely separate from everything that I just described from the graph point of view, but we're moving to a world where they're one and the same system that we have. The bot is created with an, a system or a platform, like it's a bot created specifically for working in the Office 365 arena and interacting with all the tools there, or with a, you know, a bot that's tied to a cloud-based, browser-based just service that's out there. Um, and then, you know, but once you then connect it into the system, you know, via the graph, it should be able to then go and connect with and access kind of all these other artifacts and systems that you give it, you know, access to. Absolutely, yeah. And I think the other thing too, to keep to bear in mind, which is kind of fun is, you know, the bot service is still in preview. And so they still have those kind of bugs to work through. In fact, it was funny where I was working on a, with, on a client and, um, you know, the, it was actually down. The bot service was down for several hours due to an authentication issue. And so it's just kind of interesting. I mean, definitely it's the it's sort of the new Microsoft. They're pushing content out, pushing out, you know, sort of that beta software early for folks to try to, to, to adopt. But, uh, yeah, it's not all the way, not all the way fully baked yet. Not all the way. Uh, you know, I, I definitely can't. I can In this point, I'm not recommending that businesses put production workloads on the right. bot service just yet. Right. Um, I do love sort of tinkering with it. That's a lot of fun. And uh, there's a lot of new functionality coming out this fall. So definitely stay tuned for more. It's, gonna, it's getting pretty exciting. Yeah, I think it's going to be a big uh, topic, certainly at Ignite, and there'll be a lot of data out of there. How closely are you working with Microsoft? Are you interacting? Are you providing direct feedback? I mean, as an MVP, I mean, we have MVPs. We have certain amount of you know, access there. And, and uh, I think we you know, in general can get uh, email responses quicker than the uh, average human. Uh, but uh, I mean, are you, are you providing feedback on your experiences you know, directly back to the team? So sort of, <laughs> not, not fully. I finally figured out kind of who the right people are to talk to. And there's going to be a, there's going to be a new fall preview that comes out. And I'm getting invited to a pre fall preview pilot and I gotta be honest with you, the functionality that they're, they're, they're discussing is awesome. Like it's the, as someone that's compared what uh, Amazon's working on and what Microsoft has, uh, the, the, I mean, the, the little bit of awesomeness that AWS has that Microsoft doesn't have, Microsoft is shooting right past it. Like they are, I mean, it's, it's kind of, they're, I don't want to use the word leapfrogging because they're going well beyond just leapfrogging. And it's going to get very exciting because right now, uh, and I won't reveal too much, I know ND, I'll be careful, but I would say right now it is very, very code based. So for you to extend your bot, there's a huge reliance on the ability to you know, write in a C sharp or Node.js. Some of the functionality that's coming soon will help to sort of close some of that gap so you can get a little bit further without having to write code, which I think is fantastic. That lowers the barrier to entry by quite a bit. So stay right. tuned, good things coming in the fall. Well, I think that, and that's a, a key, I mean, historically, I mean, Microsoft, I think one of the reasons why they have taken the leadership uh, position in so many categories, but certainly within the enterprise space, is because they've not forgotten that fact that it's the, you need to build technology that is accessible. And whether, I mean, meaning that you don't need to be a, you know, a developer to go and 
you know, build productivity solutions out of that. Yeah. That it really is driving things down to the power user or citizen developer category of things. Absolutely. Uh, because the more that you can do that, and Office 365 is a great example of that. Um, you don't then need to go and own the infrastructure and be experts in maintaining that infrastructure to take advantage of SharePoint and you know, as, a, as a platform. And so by providing that as a, ser as a service, yeah. and then all these other connected pieces, uh, and then as they develop more and more, like, hey, I wouldn't put like going and doing things that are uh, early releases of products and features that you can only go in and uh, fine tune via PowerShell. That I do not classify as a power user. That's, you know, you're going up the, the, the chain there. Um, but you're seeing more and more the, you know, the capability that Microsoft is thinking about. How do we make this very streamlined easy? I mean, Power Apps and Flow are great examples of this citizen developer capability. Somebody who's only going to go in and edit a Word or a PowerPoint doc and upload it to a file share, not really the customer of this. But those that are trying to go in and, and automate and streamline business activities and maybe do that for their team or for themselves so that they can do more work in a faster, more consistent uh, you know, way, then I mean, that's that, the audience, the, the power user audience. Absolutely. No, especially it's funny too, if you look into you know, Lewis, which is the Language Understanding Intelligence Service, which goes ahead and helps you identify what the intent is from the user you know, either talking to your bot or perhaps typing text to it. Um, the users, you know, your business users are the, are the ones that have the ability to go in there and to tweak those utterances and say, go ahead and, and, and do all that kind of configuration work. Because as I, as I kind of mentioned in my talks, developers are the worst, absolute worst at, at, you know, def at coming up with utterances. I mean, they definitely think binary, like off on. But your business analysts are the folks that can say, well, well, no, you know, if someone's going to ask this question, they might ask it like this, they might ask it like that. They might go ahead and use some of the, the uh, you know, the acronyms we use. These are some, of, if you were to write out those acronyms, those were the, like there's just all those different uh, iterations, deviations of those sentences. The business users are the ones that can go in and, and actually make those changes. And it doesn't take a developer to do that. And even better if you want, because user, you know, so your power users like to work in Excel, you can maintain that in a CSV file and then upload that to Lewis. And that, that's really how you interact with it. So, I mean, kudos to Microsoft on Lewis and even the Q&A maker. Those are very business friendly ways for you to go ahead and have your users train that bot to do exactly what you want to do. Focus on the language, let your developers focus on, on sort of the building out some of the code logic and let the business users focus on sort of the bot logic, which is great. That's the way it should be. So uh, again, I'm looking forward to seeing what comes comes with Lewis as well. So I imagine that after Ignite or during Ignite, more announcements are going to be coming around Lewis and how you extend even further. I'm sure. I, uh, there's going to be, I know there's a lot. They've, they've already mentioned that there, uh, there will be a bunch of announcements around that. So, uh, you know, and I know that, um, you know, the time that we have left, uh, you know, there's that other category that uh, is, is brought up so often. Um, the other thing that you love talking about, which is that, that age old question of, <laughs> when to use what, right? Everybody asks you that. So, uh, you know, I guess I'm kind of a little bit more of the unconventional, a little less polished MVP. I like to kind of pride myself in that. Uh, I come up with business examples. I mean, so my whole spin is, you know, the, 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 the when use what it depends is kind of, it's kind of old. I do, I do throw the joke in there, but I like to give examples of things that I've seen and sort of my take on, you know, was that successful or was it not successful? A lot of times I like to bring up areas where it wasn't successful. Like within our own company, at one point we had decided that we were going to use Yammer for our sort of team collaboration, and it failed epically, 
absolutely epically. And I point that out and I showed it the last time that particular group was updated was like a year and a half ago. And it's really, you know, going ahead and right-sizing the what's your business problem that you're trying to solve, getting people involved in the decision-making as to what we're going to use to solve that, and get then do a little bit of sort of that role-playing where perhaps pull everyone together for a half hour, let's go ahead and walk through what do you do each week, let's go ahead and match that to the different technologies that exist within O365 and help pick the one that works best. And even better, if you pick one and it doesn't work, let's pivot. Let's change. Right. Just because you pick one doesn't mean you cement it into that's what it's got to be. So, yeah, kind of the when to use what has been sort of my you know current passion well, of things to talk about. It's funny though, because you mentioned you know that that business analyst that we're talking about you know the bots perspective. Like what you've just, just described is that's how I started my career was as a business analyst and yeah. got into technical project management and that side of it. And I, so I've always been in these roles now, and I'm more on the you know the Martech strategy side of that uh, you know now, but uh, you know completely different perspective, but that whole approach of having that conversation like help me understand there's that that the the psychologist aspect of that role which is the you know, not the tell me about your mother but the uh you know lay down on the couch and tell me um you know what are you trying to what's the goal of the business i mean if you looked at what success looks like at the end of this what does that future jetsons oriented you know, world um look like uh and let's then talk about what is what I know is possible? What's not worked? Um, but and I always did, you know, described it as a, as I would go in and build documentation with a client around this is that you know that that as is and the to be environments, and then we talk about the path of moving from one to the other, and some of that is technology, some of that is cult cultural change and training that's required there, um, and and sometimes uh, the right answer while. You may have somebody that owns the activity, owns your, you know, that writes the checks for this customer that is very forward thinking, advanced, uh, loves the new technology, embraces it. But the reality is that to get the team to move across and to have lasting change may need intermediate steps. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's funny you said too, because like, you know, right now there's a lot of evangelism is saying just go to teams, go directly to teams. That's the new way to collaborate. And, you know, for a lot of organizations, that doesn't quite make sense. And right. users aren't going to adopt that. And not everybody needs that persistent chat. I do think, and I don't want to generalize, but I do think, you know, most organizations, most working groups do need a spot where you centralize content. Make it very easy to go ahead and make updates to it and perhaps to communicate with. But sort of that, that far end of having, you know, bots and tabs and apps and persistent chat, not everybody needs that. And not, right. you know, not everybody needs it, but a lot of times that might be a barrier to adoption in itself. People right. might get wrong saying, I don't want to do that. I don't want to find those little GIF files and go ahead and, and make snarky comments. But but that's a that's a but that's a I think a key response to that question of which tool to use when is that uh, usually the people that ask that question, like I, I hear a comment like in the conversation later, which is like just tell me what the best practices are. It's like, well, yes, but the best practices for one company are not the best practices for another. And that's why it really is that, we all hate saying it, but the whole, it depends on the scenario, what you're trying to accomplish, what your uh, collaboration maturity level is, uh, your readiness around this, the other uh, you know, ancillary applications and tools, internal and external teams, I mean, all of those factors could affect what makes sense. Like, uh, you know, and I love what 
uh, the what groups enable, so the Office 365 groups enable in that it is not that it's perfect, but by having the uh, you know, having SharePoint and Yammer and Teams and all of these other exchange, all these other capabilities tied back to that Active Directory structure so that maybe for this project, SharePoint is the right thing. Keep it simple around this. This is the right level of interaction. But then another team that is going and doing something new finds that well, they want to use Microsoft Teams, so that physical organizational team. Hello, Microsoft and your branding. Um, but uh, you know that goes and uses Microsoft Teams, but does it in context to the group. So they're still the assets they're creating, the documents they're sharing, still going back and being shared in, in SharePoint. Still visible as these other, you know, the the other or the rest of the organization that are still over on the SharePoint world as they start interacting with this project team that is doing things over in Microsoft Teams may slowly find themselves over, you know, in there and they they learn and grow. It really is this um, this ability to go in and uh, and do the context uh, uh, switching, but in yeah. context to that group is what makes that work. Again, not perfect, um, but even like Yammer, my biggest complaint about Yammer was, was it's fixed now, but was that I could be very secure in my document management in SharePoint and have secure intellectual property and we were being told, well, integrate Yammer. Well, yeah, so take the Yammer, you know, not even the web part, but basically just, you know, take the, the HTML and dump the feed over in there. So you're interacting. Well, the, the problem is that what happened, and I saw it happen, is that employees would take that secure content and go to interact with those non-compliant, maybe not non-employees in the Yammer group, which could be the external, and then share that content. You've now disconnected, you've duplicated content, you've broken all of that around. So when I say that it's fixed now, is that uh, because of groups and uh, the, the, the slow but sure uh, incremental improvements on Yammer, consolidating the backend. So now when I go and upload content, it's going into SharePoint online you know, in right. Yammer. It's not on this Yammer database out exactly. there somewhere. I don't know that that's true yet with the threaded conversations and notes and other components. I don't know yet. I'm, I need to go. I need to look into that. But it's a good question. I'm not sure off the top of my head either. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's part of me that goes. I mean, so I, I've heard through the grapevines that, that Yammer is an area of investment for for 20 fiscal year 2018. I guess. I'm very curious to see what that means. And there's a part of me that really just wishes it's a a further consolidation of the functionality into the core, I'll call the O365 groups, teams. Uh, Which is what we thought was going to happen initially, and then it didn't. Yeah. And they just insisted it's going to stand alone and all this kind of stuff, which I think is, it, it's, it's created more problems than, uh, and, than solutions. But Totally agree. Totally agree with there. But... Yes. So yeah, that's what's keeping me up. That's what's keeping me up at night. Lots of when you use what bots, and uh, I don't know whatever else is going to come out in the next couple of weeks at Ignite. Yeah, two <laughs> two minor topics, I'm sure. So, well, Jared, hey, I really appreciate uh, your time, and for those who's watching too, that we're we're talking on uh, Labor Day. This is like we should be vacationing. Right, vacation days for chumps. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. No, I think my last trip to Hawaii, I got in trouble. It's like my, my wife went looking for me and up above the pool, we were at the Marriott in Lahui in Kauai. And I was, I found that the Wi-Fi was excellent up on the lanai, I'm overlooking <laughs> this massive pool and then this beautiful, the ocean's right out in front of me and I'm sitting there working on a meeting and I was on a conference call uh, and my wife walked by and just gave me the dirty stare, you know, like just the evil eye. Um, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going to be careful. Uh, we're, we're doing Hawaii this fall and I'm going to be very careful about that. <laughs> I, I'm not going to not do the, uh, the, the web meetings. I'm just going to, uh, make sure she's off shopping. Or, <laughs> yeah. For sure. Anyway, so, thanks a lot for your time, Jared. Absolutely. And, appreciate the opportunity. Hey, how can people get in touch with you as well? What's the best way to find you? Best way to find me is on Twitter. I'm at Jared Mathis, which uh, I'm sure the, the, that information will be on the, one of the slides. And uh, yeah, looking forward to talking about bots, teams, when to use what, anything you want to talk about. I love SharePoint, I love collaboration. Yep. Uh, looking forward to it. Thanks again. I'll see you in 20 days. All right. In 20 days. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Talk to you Bye. later. Take it later. Bye. <laughs>